0: There's a radio show with a bloke that you know, and he shakes it just like a maraca. He tells stories so grand of this vast, timeless land, and they call it Sunday with Macca.
1: Where are you, Rick?
0: We're in the Jackie Jackies, mate, in the Kennedy Inlet, top of Cape York Peninsula. How are you, Macca?
1: Oh, good, mate. What are you doing there?
0: We're just cruising the Coral Coast on my catamaran. How's that? We're heading up to uh, the Torres Strait, up to Bardew Island. I'll be up there for quite a while, I don't know yet, but just cruising. But we've seen some interesting things, Macca, you know, when the other day we were on Rodney Island, which is in Shelbourne Bay, and we'd fished around this little island and came back around the other side of it, and there was 15 black pigs, wild pigs, swimming back to the mainland. I'd never seen anything like it before in my life. We couldn't believe it. There was a little piglet. He was a mile behind them. They must have seen us in the dinghy. So we went and rescued this little piglet, poor little bugger, he's barely made. We put him on the bank and he was exhausted. All the other pigs ran into the bush, you know. You see some amazing sights going up the coast here, made of Queensland, it's a beautiful country.
1: Rick, why can't we all do this? Oh,
0: well, we can, mate. Everyone's got the opportunity if they want. We've seen crocodiles on islands, huge crocodiles on islands, six miles out to sea, dugongs, turtles, you know. I've been up here three or four times now over the years, and there are more crocodiles on the islands than ever before. Our crab pots yeah. we had last night, the crocs might have smashed a couple, I think, so we've got to go and pick them up shortly. Good on you, Rick. Thank you, mate. Bye-bye. Switch on and lie back in bed in The city, the scrub farm in the pub, they love it all over Australia. There's a radio show that Australians all know, if you're rich, or well you ain't got a cracker. They tell stories so grand of this vast, timeless land, and they call it Sunday with Macca. They all call it Sunday with Macca. Yeah, they all call it Sunday with Macca.
1: Get on with it, Macca. I will. Good morning and welcome to the program. Murdo says, hey, Macca, tell Rick if he picks up any more pigs not to let them go. They're a pest. Says says Murdo, that was Rick last week seeing the 20, 15 or 20 pigs swimming. It's one wonder they weren't snaffled by the crocodiles. Lots of crocodiles up there. 1,300, 700, that's our number. love to talk to you on our last program this morning. We're going to play some more... Lovely music in a minute, and uh, talk to you wherever you are, all over the place, all over the joint. This came in a couple of weeks ago. I'm trying to catch up. You'll never catch up with all the. Emails and bits and pieces from Leslie, Leslie Melville. She said, loved your Grenfell piece where we talked about the, the dress made of poppies and all that sort of stuff. We lived there for a couple of years in 76 to 78. Dressing up on Fridays has remained a memory, strong in my mind. See, that's not that long ago, 78, is it? The country women had on their best Fletcher Jones wool skirts, twin sets and stockings, of course, to come to town. The men, their sports pants and tweed jackets, even the mums dressed up for school pickup, and especially for Mother's Club meetings, even more so. An invite to morning tea from the bank manager's wife also meant dressing up well. The banks were lovely buildings in the town. Sad to see them no longer part of the community. (laughs) Were they ever part of the community? Well, I suppose they were. Bank managers used to be, but no, they don't see that as part of their job. No, they're not part of the... They're just here to make money. It's like a lot of... People in a lot of companies think, not just the banks, they just think, oh, that's we're here. The world and the country owes us a living, so we'll just be here to make, give back? No, not a part of the uh, deal. George says, I met George last night, um, not last night, on Thursday night we did our little annual fundraising concert at the Richmond School of Arts, just outside Sydney. George says, last night was a treat. We came away very happy. Keep it up, I hope. (laughs) This is a copy of a note I was going to give you at the concert, but walked out and left it on the kitchen bench on the way to the concert. We live at Yarramundi, and although it's less than 70 k's from Sydney, we usually miss out on the coastal rain Sydney receives. About last September, we were in our driest period for 35 years, having had our tanks topped up on several occasions. Even though we recycled all our water, including shower, bath and washing machine water for the garden, while the Bureau was predicting another long, hot, dry summer. Then one morning you interviewed the son of long-range weather forecaster, Lennox Walker, and he predicted good rain in November. Well, he may have overlooked October's rains, but boy, did he nail it in November. His out-of-the-blue forecast and your show gave us hope and something we look forward to. Thank you and cheers, says George. George might see you next year. Uh, there you go. Well, that's what I thought too. When the drought, you know, the drought kicked in, everybody said there's going to be dry and there's going to be no rain and woe, but... While some still haven't got rain and it's dry and it's horrible in places, there has been some rain around the place and some have got heaps, which is really nice. G'day, this is Macca.
2: Hey, Macca, it's Richard here.
1: G'day, okay. Richard, where are you?
2: Um, Pacific, oh, the old Pacific Highway. I supposed to call it M1 now. It's um, just going south past near Nabiak.
1: And where are you heading to, mate? Uh,
2: Laverton in Victoria.
1: All right, and what are you carrying?
2: Uh, brand-new trucks uh, deliver. Oh, really? Back. Yeah. So, um,
1: like the prime movers?
2: Yeah, the main one's a big concrete, brand-new concrete mixer,
1: uh-huh. um, eight-wheeler, with
2: a bit of dough, and a mine, 4 drive mine vehicle in front of that.
1: Well, have a good Christmas, Richard. What do you do at Christmas? you have time off? Yeah, yes. A
2: um, couple of days the Friday before Christmas through to, I think, the 4th of January. And uh, first time I've called you.
1: Good on you, mate. Nice to know you you're listening. Merry
3: Christmas. I've listened for years and years. Well,
1: I mean, you can listen all the way this morning on the way down the highway. Will do. All right. I'll, I'll keep you in mind, Richard, and I'll play you something. All right. Thank you. Good on you, mate. Hey, Merry Christmas to all your team. Thanks, mate. Good on you, Rich. All right. Bye. Bye.
4: Oh well, good day. This is uh, Tom Monkley. Uh, you helped us years ago on the centenary of the Geo flight from Melbourne to Sydney, uh-huh. and uh, I'd just like to remind you that tomorrow is the hundredth anniversary of when Ross and Keith Smith arrived in Darwin in the Beccas after a thirty-day flight from uh, England—the first aeroplane to fly from England to Australia. An epic voyage. Yes, and uh, we're involved in lots of things happening there. And if you've got a moment, I can tell you a little bit about it.
1: Yes, go for it, Tom.
4: Well, in Darwin, there's a committee, uh, sort of helped by Dick Smith, but uh, they're going to. There's going to be a major announcement tomorrow about the air race that they're running to commemorate it, and they're using electric aircraft, composite aircraft, and other fuel-efficient aircraft. Uh, so watch for a big announcement that, uh, there. Their website is greatgrace.com I think, but you get it if you put Great Grace and Darwin in the same Google. Right. In Adelaide, there's a committee uh, led by the chairman of the History Trust, Greg Mackie. I don't know whether you know, but we've still got the pickers for me that the Blue. and it is housed at the moment in an absolutely shocking uh, shed on Adelaide Airport, and they're trying to uh, get some interest in having it installed in a better place, which will be hopefully their centre of the new Adelaide Airport.
1: Wow. Yeah, well, that's, and, a, that's a good idea. Yep. Keep going. And
4: we are a mob of old guys and different people, not with enough skill, but we're mad keen on uh, helping to run an event from Darwin to Adelaide because they were the second aircraft actually to fly across the, the country. That was an epic flight in itself. Uh, they uh, were lost for three days in Central Australia. Uh, they had a huge engine explosion at Charleville, and it ha- uh, the engine had to be rebuilt by the Ipswich Railway Workshops. They <laughs> stopped party. at. Yeah, look, it's a it's a wonderful story. I've actually sent you a little booklet, which is so. There, so,
1: I? Tom, let me get this straight. Um, nineteen nineteen. So yep. a, next year is a hundred years. Uh, yep. is that, is that right? And a hundred and...
4: years ago tomorrow, they arrived in Darwin. Tomorrow, uh, the thirty-day flight.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Not 1919, no. Uh Not nineteen nineteen.
4: Nineteen eighteen. No, no, no. Hundred year. Oh God, I got it wrong. Yeah,
1: 1990. So so 100 yeah. years next year. <laughs> 100 and, uh, years next year. 99 is, years tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. 99 the t- years tomorrow. The 10th 99 of, years tomorrow. 10th oh, of December. I'm sorry, I'm you're so right. excited. <laughs> you're right, you're right.
4: And thanks for picking it up.
5: That's
1: all right.
4: <laughs> and lo- and lots, 99 years tomorrow. So
1: there's celebrations in Adelaide, there'll be celebrations in, in Darwin, and there'll be a great air race, is that right? That's in, uh, that's in another year, yeah. yeah. Yeah, next year, yep. Yep. And um, I, I remember we talked about... What 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 do we do with um, the Vickers Vimy uh, when we're in '94? Kel? we're in Alora in '94, and um, the bloke. What
4: happened there was that Lang Kidby what? had a, ran, uh, had a replica. That's air, right. Aircraft, and uh, and he flew, he flew a flight that was fe- featured in the National Geographic. A wonderful achievement, a beautiful replica, perfect in every regard, except. They put Chevrolet instead of Rolls Royce, instead of uh, <laughs> very old Rolls Royce engine in it, but it was an identical thing. Yeah, an incredible uh, thing.
1: And we're used to sitting in planes uh, at forty thousand feet now and drinking champagne and stuff like that. But if you take yourself back to nineteen nineteen, <clears throat> um, it was a mammoth uh, exercise, wasn't it? Really, there was four well, of them on board, wasn't there?
4: Yeah, yeah, that's right. The director of the Smithsonian says it's equivalent to the flight to the moon at the time, but. Can I just make a point? Now, you could hop in a, a Boeing Dreamliner in England at, say, 3 o'clock on the 10th of December um, and arrive in Darwin at 3 o'clock on the 10th of De- December. It would take 17 hours, and you, uh, because you're flying against the Earth, uh, sure. uh, you would arrive in the same time in perfect comfort. comfort. I mean, it's just absolutely staggering. We're hoping to get Qantas to do that. Honestly, if, if they don't do that, the marketing people need to be lined up against the wall and shot.
1: <laughs> no, you can't say that. Can't say that, Doc. No, I, uh, no, I get your point. I get your point. Oh, right. OK. <laughs> uh, or, well, uh,
4: metaphorically lined up against a metaphorical wall. So and what, what's,
1: so? it's the 10th of December uh, is the anniversary, um, yeah. and that's uh, 99 years. Next year will be the big race and all that sort yeah. of thing. What's happening tomorrow around Australia? Much? No, uh,
4: very little. Uh, watch what's happening in Darwin. Mm. They're, they're making their major announcement and they've been working on that for for oh, nearly a year, a very dedicated group of people. And, I mean, imagine trying to run a, an air race across the world in this political climate. It's huge. And um, then uh, uh, we're, we're putting out an announcement to our email group, but all we're doing is just saying, hey, you know, this is a huge opportunity to run something between Darwin and Adelaide. Looking at taking off about the 20th of December next year and getting into Adelaide for New Year's Day.
1: Sounds like a good idea. I hope we can be part of it in some small way, Tom. And uh, nice to talk to you this morning. Tomorrow, uh, the 10th of December, the anniversary of a big day 99 years yep. ago. Man... And look
4: at the thebigrace.com, the website there. There will be a lot on it.
1: Wouldn't you love to go back and talk to them, eh? Wouldn't you love to go back in time and talk to them? Wouldn't it be you? Wouldn't it?
4: And, uh, I mean, the other thing, too, uh, you, we're, we'll be going through places that they called at that didn't have newspapers and things like that, Avon Downs, Brunette Downs, uh, um, Concurry, the people, uh, the lady at Concurry is already talking about what they're going to do there. And those places didn't have newspapers, so we don't have a decent story about uh, what happened in those places, and we'll, we'll end up with a wonderful story about the trip from Darwin to Adelaide.
1: Good on you, Tom. Great to talk.
4: Great to talk to you, and thanks for the time.
1: Thanks, a pleasure. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Hey, G'day, Tim
2: here, mate. How are you? Good, thanks, Tim. Yeah, I'm calling from uh, Belgorod in Russia, mate. Uh, I'm actually over here on a work assignment. Um, I'm based out of uh, Burnie, Tasmania. And um, over here for a bit over a week, mate. And, uh, yeah, long flight over. A bit cool here today, minus five. But I uh, had a bit of a walk around the town of Belgorod. Belgorod. Uh, yeah, yeah Belgorod, Russia.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so, so tell, um, t- what do you do, Tim? What, what do you, what's your work that you're doing over there in Belgorod?
2: I work for a uh, international uh, basic manufacturing uh, company. Um, I, I won't repeat it online, but we're uh, uh, yeah, over here doing some product support. And um, I, I met a guy here from Sarastama, one of our dealers. Uh, and He was telling me about the Battle of uh, Karusk, not far from the city of... Uh, Belgorod here, where they had eight thousand plus tanks back in nineteen forty-three. So, pretty interesting. We're going to check that out tomorrow on our way to uh, one of our customer
1: visits. So, Tim, you've not been there before in Russia?
2: No, my first, no, my first time to Russia, Macker. Um, I've, I've been a lot of places over the world, based in Chile, and spent a lot of time in Indonesia. So. First time to Russia, so it's an eye opener.
1: Oh, I'll bet. What's it like having a job like that where you travel around the world, Tim?
2: Very interesting. Uh, pretty hard in the family, as you can probably understand. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's exciting and welcoming also.
1: Now, will you be over there for Christmas? or?
2: Oh, no, Macker. I'll be back. Uh, Back in Burnie, Tasmania for Christmas with my family, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, well, it'll be a little bit warmer in Burnie than it is uh, over there by the sound of things.
2: Yeah, I think it was uh, minus five today, so it's going to be a, a heat wave tomorrow. I think it's about zero tomorrow, I think, so it'll be good.
1: There you go. So, Timmy, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of history. It's an amazing place, isn't it, Russia and... Uh when you look around in the history and see the, the great schisms that they've been through and communism and the war with Germany in the 40s, 40, as you said, 43, um, yes, there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of baggage there in, in Russia, isn't
2: there? Yeah, that's for sure. You know, when I spoke to, to the guy that works for us, that I met last night or earlier this morning, actually in Moscow before we flew to Belgorod, and I'm, I'm thinking, so I got on the Google and I'm thinking, well, you know, if they, if they had that that tank war, you know, was this city flattened? You know, it's it, it's interesting. There's a lot of history here, and you know, and as, as we're having dinner tonight, I, I spoke to him, and you know, like I, I spent some time in South America as well, you know, and there's churches over there that were built back in the 1600s, and a, a lot of that history is not here in this country today because it's all flattened through the wars. Yeah, it's well-
1: very interesting. Yeah, Timmy, nice to talk to you from Belgarod. That's our first call from Belgorod, But um, we might catch up in Bernie next year if you're around, okay?
2: That'll be great, Macca. Appreciate right. it greatly.
1: All right, mate. And uh, thanks for your call.
2: Cheers, Macca. Thanks.
1: Good on you. Bye. <whistles> G'day, this is Macca.
2: Hi, Macca. It's Mark here.
5: How are you? Good, thanks, Mark. That's a go. I'm um, just here the Wangaratta harvesting lupins at the moment.
1: Wow, what's that all about?
5: Uh, yeah, just we need to do it in the morning because they're so dry and the the pods fall off the plant. Um, so I'm, we had a little shower rain overnight, so I'm harvesting them now while they,
1: they, so they don't shatter so much. Aha, uh-huh. and you you obviously grow them. Yeah, I'll, I'll contract harvesting. All right. I'm, I'm doing them for a neighbour up the road. And is there, is there a lot of money in lupins? I suppose there is. Yeah, that's right. This year, the grain
5: prices are all um, pretty high, so there's a bit of money and everything, but the crops are that thin. that The yields are well down. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. um,
1: Mark, you wanted uh, to tell me something? Yeah, I'd just like to mention that uh,
5: Anzac Day 2017, we had a tragedy in Langarada that left four children orphaned. It was a a murder-suicide. But I'd just like to mention that the the actual tragedy happened in the neighbours' house who were home at the time. And there's been a massive fundraising effort for the four children, which has been fantastic. But the, the, the neighbours are, are sort of doing it pretty tough. Their, their house, well, they've had to sell their house. They can't sort of go back in it. Um, and it, it, there's too many memories there. And, yeah, i just like to um, put it out there if, anyone can help. There's a GoFundMe page being set up for the, the Chilcott family um, in Wangaratta. And, yeah, if anyone can help, because it's been a massive uh, upheaval for their little family. But, um,
1: well, I it, un- Mark, I, I can fully understand... Um, uh, Jason, a, a, a bloke called Jason rang us and told us yep. about that story and about the kids and how everybody got together and sent me yep. up- updates about everybody helped and builders or whatever from Brighton all over the place came and built a new house for that and the grandparents are looking after those four kids now and they've got a lovely little house to, to look after themselves. But yes, um, it's it's sort of collateral damage with the neighbours because the tragedy where the two parents were, well, that happened in the house next door.
5: Yeah, that's right. Um the, the, the mother and children fled to the neighbour's house next door when things sort of went bad, and the, the neighbours let them in and 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 did their best to avoid the situation. But um, they couldn't save everyone, but they got the four children out, plus their two children of their own, and, and themselves. Help me. But it's just, uh, yeah, sort of left a long, a life-lasting effect on them, I guess. i yeah. So
1: the Gof- so, the GoFundMe page is, is for the Chilcott family. Uh, yep. You find people to find that online? Yes, that's right. All right. Um, Sounds like yeah. they need another house in another neighbourhood or around the place somewhere. Yeah, that's
5: right. They, they've they managed to just buy another one, but they've got to start all over again. It needs a lot of work. and Yeah. They've, they've been renovating their their. their their house at the time, and, and when we nearly finished. It was going to be their little palace for for their family, and it's just all been
1: dear, uh, dear. yeah, dear. Oh dear. So, um, a lot, lot of lives will never be the same because of uh, I don't know. So, it's no. Chil- Chilcott, C H I L C O double T, is it? That's right. Yep. Okay. All right. Chilcott
5: uh, family Rada who you can find it on the GoFundMe, and um, yeah, anything would be very much appreciated.
1: All right, Marky. Um, And the lupins, you'll finish that uh, harvesting those when? Yeah, I've just got a couple of hours to do here this
5: morning and then I'm actually going to drive the header back up to Tranging. Um, I'll head off this afternoon and I'll get there tomorrow night to do some wheat up oh. there.
1: Well, they're lucky you got some wheat in Tranging, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's Not everybody's <laughs> got a harvest this year.
5: No, uh, no um, it, it's not... Not much there, but they're just after a bit of seed for next, for next
1: year. Yeah, to cover next year, exactly.
5: Yeah.
1: All right, Mark, great to talk to you, mate. Good on you. All right. No worries. Uh, Have a good Christmas, yeah, and thanks very much. You too, and let's hope that uh, something good happens, okay? No worries. Thanks, Macca. Good on you, mate. Thank you. Bye. Bye, bye. G'day, Macca, this is Greg Anderson. Good day, Greg.
6: So I'm the, uh, I'm the uh, Anglican Bishop of the Northern Territory, Macca, and I'm driving down to church in Catherine this morning.
1: There you go, Greg. You and Maka,
6: we're doing we're doing the Silver Stars at our Christmas Carol service next at uh, next Saturday at uh, leanya Water Park in Darwin.
1: What a good song! Isn't a lovely song? The Silver it's a Stars. Song. The Silver Stars. Yeah, we're stars. doing it out on the out on the plains of Brog the
6: doing that one as well.
1: Uh, they're, fan- they're, they're fantastic. They're just they're unbeatable, Greg, aren't they? I mean, just they're just very so us, and it's and yeah. there you go.
6: I grew up with them.
1: Yeah. So, Greg, tell me your story.
6: Uh, Well, I'm going down to Catherine. I would usually be preaching and leading the service when I go down there. Um, But this morning, I'm just going to be playing the piano for the songs and sitting with the congregation. So it's just a way of catching up uh, with the people at the Anglican Church down there.
1: Now, and how long have you been in the territory or were you always there, Greg? Tell me your story.
6: I came from Sydney originally. I came up to the Territory in 86 for the first time and I studied traditional Aboriginal music, as it turned out. That put me in touch with the Aboriginal Church and then I came back again after doing some theological study um, to work with the Aboriginal Church. So I did that for a few years. Went back to Sydney and got picked to be the Bishop about four years ago. So I've been up here as the Bishop. So this is my third time in the Territory
7: um,
1: being back for four years. Yeah, and that must be uh, rewarding too. Yeah, oh, it's great. The Territory's a great place. Yeah, I know, everybody says that, but most of us, um, well, a lot of us haven't even been to the Territory, but um, uh, it's, a different, it's a long way for people, you know, in, in parts of Australia, isn't it? But uh, they say when you go there, you'll, never, you'll, never, you'll always return or something like that, Greg. You'll, you'll never, never stay away. <laughs> so, Greg, you, have you got a busy Christmas?
6: Oh, yeah, yeah, the usual Christmas services. Uh, I'll be at the cathedral in Darwin for Christmas. Mm. Um, all my kids from down south and their spouses are coming up for Christmas,
1: uh, so that'll be great. And if you had, uh, you've had much rain? is the wet season kicked in yet or not?
6: Not really. I've had a few showers. haven't uh, hadn't, haven't had a monsoon trough yet, so it's actually been really hot in the last week.
1: Yeah, well, let's hope you get some rain because it's nice. It's uh, That's that's why you, that's the only reason you can survive summer in the Territory, isn't it, when it's a good wet season?
6: Yeah, we're dreaming of a wet Christmas.
1: <laughs> I've got that little song, I'm dreaming of a wet Christmas. <laughs> Very good. For Great. all my friends out Walgett Way or something like that. <laughs> all right, Greg, so um, you'll be in Catherine today and then back to Darwin and yes. Back to Darwin, yeah. And singing, the silver stars are <laughs> in the sky. What a great song.
6: I, I've got to be back in time for a rehearsal for Handel's Messiah, which we're doing next Friday night in oh,
1: Darwin. Right. Good on you. Nice to talk to you, Greg. Thank you, mate. We'll see you in the Territory next year. Great. Fantastic. Cheers. Good on you, mate. Bye. <whistles> this came in from Michael Kelly, who's on the line. I'll come to him straight away. But he says... Um, Macca, this year the Marine Pilots of Sydney decided to chip in some money to buy the ship's crews that call into Sydney some Christmas presents. Word spreads quick on the waterfront and the pilot boat crew, the TAS Bull Foundation and CEO of the port contributed to raise $9,000. It's estimated there are a million seafarers at sea transporting all of your worldly possessions from iPhones, clothes, cars, building materials, etc. Look around you and it probably came by ship. Ship crews spend around 10 months working on these ships and rarely get a chance to step off the ship when in port. Times in port have dramatically reduced and most ports are miles from the city. Taxis are not cheap and they simply can't afford them. From next week, we will hand 1,000 gift packs to the ships calling into Sydney. Sister Mary, our port chaplain, suggested we give them a pair of socks to which we've added Cadbury's Block Chocolate, Freddo Frogs, Chupa Chups, Sky Flakes, a Filipino biscuit and a pen and a toothbrush, says Michael. Michael Kelly, a pilot, is on the line. Good morning, Michael.
8: Good morning, Macca.
1: How you going, mate? Yeah, good, good. It, it's interesting to think how how seafaring's changed, isn't
8: it? It sure has. Yeah, it's that's. Um, I went to sea to see the world, but sadly, when you get in the port these days, they don't have time to to get ashore. So it's a tough gig.
1: No, you you, you think of the the wheat. Um, you know the premier and the Passat and stuff they'd sit off the off the coast they're waiting for the little uh, lighters to load the uh, bags of wheat and bags of so uh, not that they could get ashore much but um, they were there for you know weeks and weeks weren't they but now no what no, is it what what's the turnaround about a day two days um, three days
8: in China they'll get six hours in port um, port botany they'll get 18 to 24 hours but Melbourne are the same 18 to 24 um, the the tankers, maybe six, ten hours, and they do split shifts, so a lot of them do six hours on, six hours off, so they need to rest, and we get a lot of small ships that come from New Zealand, and if they've had five metre swells for five days, all they want to do is get a, a good good night's sleep, so, mm. and it's taking an hour to get into the city from Port Botany in the mission bus, in the traffic, so um, this year we're going to take the gifts to them, and, and next year's exciting, the tas bull foundation they're going to um we're going to get the wi-fi free internet to all the ships in the port which mm. is a uh great initiative so
1: but they don't have that on on board
8: no not many ships do really so, no no the shipping companies aren't, aren't the nicest people i shouldn't say that but <laughs> um they get limited limited um my mate that works on the russian tankers overseas i think oh. it's so many gigabyte a month, and by the twentieth of the month, he's run out of internet data. Wow! So, the first things that the crew ask is for phone cards. They just want a, a, a SIM card so they can ring home or see cool. the local football score.
1: Of course, because I, re- I remember I went on board because I love going on board ships when I get the chance. Um, going into a port, where, whether it's in Esperance or whatever, and I remember us talking to this little uh, Filipino captain or might have been first mate, you know. and he, he 's away from he 's away from home sees his wife maybe three weeks or four weeks a year um he's he's at sea all the time because he 's got to put his kids through school and I suppose they're going to some sort of private school i don 't know but but he's uh, he 's at sea all the time yeah the, the
8: Filipinos they're the biggest seafarers in the world and and they they 'll do ten months on board they might go home for six eight weeks, but they look after their families they mm. they really care about their families and and next year it's going to be great if we can roll out the Wi-Fi.
1: Yeah, I'll say, I'll it's, say, it's, it's, it's huge. Although when you think of Matthew Flinders, he didn't have the Wi-Fi or the mobile, and he was away. For, he, was on, he was on Mauritius for seven years, wasn't he?
8: Yeah. Well, <laughs> when I went to sea, we, we had fun. We had a we had a bar on board. We used to have dark nights. We used to socialise. But sadly, the crews these days just sit in their cabins and watch mm-hmm. movies. There's no real interaction.
1: Um, it's a different world now, Michael. It Isn't is. It, it is.
8: Yeah, that's that's everywhere. I, I saw the good days, hmm. and um, that's going to be a good year next year.
1: Good on you, mate. And uh, nice to talk to you. And thanks for taking me out on the port. That was fantastic. Um, and you had some rough weather this year, and all those uh, um, containers went <laughs> went south, didn't they? All uh, um, yeah, south. Yes. Yeah, I
8: believe they're still still on the bottom. And and that ship, the the YM Keelung, um we didn't realise the the ship was in port for two, three weeks, and the captain wouldn't allow the crew ashore and uh, All they wanted was phone cards to ring their, their families because the families heard back in China yeah. that they'd been in rough weather and they didn't know how they were, so little things like that um, no one knows about so we're at the my wife and kids are up at the moment we're packing we've got um, four thousand skyflakes to pack um, eleven hundred pens we've got two thousand chubba chups.
1: Good on you, Michael. And about
8: 3,000 Cadbury's chocolates, and we haven't eaten any of them. So.
1: <laughs> good on you, Michael. Have keep a in Christmas. Touch. Yes, Thanks, keep in. You're our seafaring uh, correspondent.
3: Yep, I'll see you at work soon. Good on you, mate. Bye, Magga. Bye. Morning, Magga. Charles Alder from Rural Aid. How are you?
1: Good day, Charles. Good, mate.
3: Magga, I just got a, a quick uh, call in Sunday morning to let you know that uh, we're delivering hay to uh, 235 farmers in Tamworth this Tuesday as part of our homemade concert proceeds.
1: All right, yeah.
3: It's going to be a huge day, a day and a half, actually. We're uh, predicting that um, the farmers will come in on Tuesday and Wednesday, and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday, we're out to uh, Cumnock and then up to Walga, Lightning Ridge, and into southern Queensland with our Christmas presents in the back of our uh, very kindly donated truck from Woolworths, and uh, we'll be showing a Christmas movie in the communities. So we'll be bringing the communities together,
1: What's the Christmas? Pretty, pretty... What's the Christmas movie? I think it's
3: Snow Dogs this year.
1: Snow Dogs. So, Snow Dogs. Yeah, but, uh... I thought it might be Smiley gets a gun at Christmas. Did he get the gun at Christmas? I can't remember that, but uh,
3: I'm not sure if he did.
1: I think that was a, a, a Christmas thing of sorts. Actually, we should roll it out and see what happened. I think it was, he got a gun, and I think he got it for Christmas.
3: Right. I'm not yeah, sure. Okay. So yeah, it's yeah, well, storm- hopefully, hopefully uh, snow will turn into rain and some of our uh, drought-affected farmers will get some precipitation, which would be nice.
1: You haven't had much there?
3: No, there's not been much through New South Wales and particularly southern Queensland, although central Queensland looks like it might get a bit of rain in the next few days from the uh, the cyclone that's coming ashore, but it's very dry and our farmers are just doing it terrifically tough this Christmas.
1: I'll say. And the hay trucks are coming from where, um, Charles?
3: Uh, So we've got a lot of them out of uh, South Australia and Western Australia. So there's uh, been 30 road trains so far uh, brought into Tamworth. And we're moving about 80 trailers a week at the moment. So it's a huge logistics job uh, into all ports of uh, New South Wales and southern Queensland. So we're very lucky that we've been able to raise some very good money this year. And uh, we've been very generously supported by farmers who've Made their hay available to us at very good prices, so it's a, a win-win for everybody concerned.
1: Good story. Good on you, uh, Charles. Thanks very much, mate.
3: Thanks, Macca. Good
9: on you. Bye.
3: G'day,
1: this is Macca. G'day, Macca. G'day.
9: It's Tim. I'm uh, 70 kilometres from Canberra on the on the Federal Highway. Beautiful run down the Hume this morning, but I just wanted to. Thank you. So many of your listeners were so happy to see you when you came down. I think it was only four Sundays ago for the national uh, Remembrance Day ceremony in Canberra there at the Australian War Memorial. Wasn't that terrific? It
1: was a it was a great morning. It was a great morning. All sorts of people from all over Australia came to that and um lovely morning. The only the only problem was Tim that the uh the coffee there was no there was no coffee there. I, we went to get what
9: about poppy's cafe didn't you pop in there and have a have a coffee there
1: yeah mate yeah that's right you get up at four in the morning yeah that's the yeah. last thing you think of we're trying to find our way through walk across the grass and dodge the dogs yeah. and the kangaroos and but yeah no it was wonderful it was a wonderful morning timmy it was a wonderful morning you were there and, and you know,
9: yeah i was and and mate to every service man and woman wherever they are right around australia now and and some of them serving overseas i just thought it'd be great for us to wish them a merry christmas because i know that Many are on post, many are um, about to be deployed, uh, relief. And I just thought that with so many of them, um, a lot in Canberra, of course, Canberra being a big defence town, and um, I just thought it would be great that we could wish them a Merry Christmas. And I know that you, when you get to Canberra, you always get up there to the memorial and see Dr Nelson and the team. So I just thought it was terrific that your program was able to be there for such an important and significant uh, completion of the centenary of Anzac and uh, those 62,000 poppies, Macker. I don't think I'll ever forget seeing that. No,
1: it was fantastic. And, and Brendan Nelson, was, uh, he was instrumental in getting us there. He asked us, that's why we went, because you like to be asked, you want to go where you, somebody yeah. said, said to me once about a cricket team, go where you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> so we were, we, we did.
9: <laughs> But Merry Christmas to you and all your team, Mac. You bring a lot of joy to a lot of people's hearts. And, uh, and also to the Ambos, the paramedics and the Fireys, they're all going to be working over Christmas. So I guess a big thank you from me and our family to all their work and service.
1: Good on you, Tim, and thanks for ringing. It's a, a timely uh, message to everybody around, around the world, and especially our service people. Good on you, Tim. Thanks, Macca. Good on you. Chris is near Maitland. Good morning, Chris. Hi.
10: Good morning, Macca. How are you this morning?
1: Yeah, good. Thank you.
10: Yeah, lovely blue sky and uh, nice and warm on the way to Ma- on the on the way to Maitland. I'm heading to the hospital to do my shift as an after hours GP.
1: All right, there you go, Chrissy. Um, and you do this? Uh, is this a regular uh, shift of yours, or
10: uh, no? It's well, sort of. I mean, we we get shifts about every three to four weeks, I guess. Uh, it's a system run throughout Newcastle by the uh, local uh, Hunter Primary Care. So we have uh, five clinics, such so as one at Maitland Hospital, John Hunter Hospital, Marder Hospital, Belmont Hospital, and in Toronto, Polyclinic. And GPs staff these clinics uh, weeknights from 6 till about 10 or 11, and uh, Saturdays from about 1 till about, again, 10 to 11, or and Sundays from 9 till about... 10, 11 or whatever, and public holidays. So we're there to try and take some of the pressure off of, um, the uh, emergency department. So emergency departments send patients to us if they're triaged category four or five. So if you go into an emergency with a cough, cold or a simple thing, they send it, send them up to one.
1: And I suppose exactly. a lot of people do present at, at emergencies for coughs and colds and sore oh, holes a ch- and stuff. Is a, child,
10: a child who's a bit unwell bit of a rash or fever or whatever so we're there and we we take the pressure off emergency department so they're able to um get their uh patients through in the in the right time frame
1: and more power so to that's... you you chris and people like you and gps and why did you present why did you want to be a doctor chris
10: oh that's a very interesting question well um, i was i was at school one day and I, on the way home from school i got a uh, thing on, under my eye and my eye was quite irritated. I knew I had something in the eye and I couldn't get it out so I went and saw, got, got off the bus walked to the GP practice that we went to as a family and said I can't um, this, this eye's really sore and the GP took one look slipped the eyelid over, reverted the eyelid and uh, got out a little bit of grit that was up underneath it and I thought that's pretty cool to be able to take someone who's got a really irritated eye and instantly fix it and um, I like talking to people, and I like uh, problem solving. So, you know, you, you get all sorts of problems, and sometimes they're easy, and sometimes you really got to think. and think I haven't got a clue what's going on here, but it's got to be in this area. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like I saw I saw a guy, and I loved it when when a, a, a patient's wife drops him in. This guy said, "I've got a sore throat," and his wife said, "Tell him," and I said, "Tell me what." She said, his tongue's not coming out straight. I oh, that's a bit interesting. Never seen that at all. Uh, Went over the guy carefully. Couldn't find any particular thing. Phoned one of the um, ear, nose and throat specialists. Had a chat to him about it. He said, look, we need to have a look down there and see what's going on. Because it wasn't anything neurological. It had to be something, I thought, a uh, structural problem. Uh, And I phoned up about Few days later, and they'd uh, put the guy into hospital, had a look down, and found a lymphoma on the base of his tongue. So you couldn't see it in the mouth, it was down uh, in the in his throat, as it were.
7: Uh-huh. And,
10: uh, you know, he presented to a he presented in the um, after hours clinic. So he, people, people have this idea that GPs just coughs and colds, and it's an absol- absolute bollocks. There is so much more to it than that.
1: Oh, uh, and a good GP is the, just the best. There, the, they're your first stop, uh, Chris, and they're probably the best stop in lots of ways. Do you know what I mean? Because they've, well, the other they've, the other
10: thing is that longitudinal care. In other words, you see the same practice or the same doctor consistently, and someone will look at you and say, "I don't know quite what's wrong, but I've known you long enough to know that you're not well. That you know, and you don't present unless there's something wrong, and then you work it out. You know, you follow no. it through. That's I think I think often underestimated the importance of seeing the same practice or the same doctor consistently.
1: Yeah, exactly. Is a terribly valuable thing. Chris, uh, good luck to you, mate. and um, I hope you don't work too hard over Christmas that uh, you've got a lot oh, of work I'm to on, do. I'm on for
10: boxing day, but I also wanted just to say a, a big shout out to all those doctors and nurses and people who work in hospitals, you know, twenty four seven and will be there on Christmas Day and Christmas Eve and you know, time away from family, they're, uh, they're out there and they're working, which is wonderful. And all the best to you and your team, because uh, I've, I've listened to you for years and never uh, rung up before, but um, I thought I'd do it this morning, because it's getting close to Christmas, and it's time just to remember all those people who do all sorts of stuff that um, otherwise goes uh, unrecognised.
1: Like you, Chris. Good on you, mate. And great to talk to you. Thanks for ringing. It makes our program. That's why our program works, because people like you ring us. Good on you, mate. Good on you. You too, and Have a great day. Thanks, mate. Bye. Bye.
7: G'day, Macca. It's Tracy from the beautiful Hunter Valley. How are you going today? Um, Macca, I listen to you while I'm at work a couple of times a month. And um, you mate, by morning, I work in the local co- coal mines, um, trying to keep the lights on. But... Yep, yep, Make our day, mate. Um, Merry Christmas to you and your team. Just saying a quick day, first on caller. Thank you all the best.
1: <laughs> Tracy, it's really nice to talk to you. Where where do you live, Trace?
7: Um, I live down near Brangston.
1: Uh-huh. And you yep. dri- you drive trucks in the mines?
7: I do, I do, yep. yep. Uh,
1: and how long you been doing that?
7: Um, about six years now. Uh-huh. Yep, very thankful for my job, yeah. So, so, so
1: this is sort of around Singleton area, is it Musselbrook? Or? It,
7: it is, it is, yeah. I work up near Musselbrook, in one of the local mines up there.
1: Uh-huh. And uh-huh. how's things around the place, around up there? They, they've had a bit of rain around the place, but not... not
7: they've not... had a bit, a little bit, but yeah, no, we need inches, and farms, dollars that's what we need fill yeah. these rivers. Um, that'd be a nice Christmas present, I think.
1: Yeah, I'm dreaming of a wet Christmas. <laughs>
7: that's the one, absolutely. <laughs> Tracy, All the best, Macca.
1: Yeah, you too. We'll bump into you sometime. We'll come up the... The hunter and uh, have a. We should do a program in Singleton or somewhere. Or We did absolutely. one in Musselbrook last year, but. Um, oh, okay. We could come again, but um, yeah. y- you come along, Trace, okay?
7: Yeah, absolutely. I'll look out for you. All right. Okay, good on you, mate. Thank you. Good on your to work. M-
1: Bye. Bye, isn't that nice?
7: You've been listening to an ABC podcast.